right single receiver Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, oh, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my good buddy, Tyler a.k.a. T-Plush. Tyler is the host of the Brewers Trilogy podcast and a contributor for Reviewing the Brew. You can find Tyler and all of his content on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. As always, you can find all of our content on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. You can follow us on Facebook, the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast there on Facebook. And as always on YouTube as well. Make sure you're checking us out there. We are the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast there. Check us out, subscribe, look at our videos. We do have extra content going out on YouTube. Uh, speaking of extra content, I have a film review coming out Thursday morning um, talking about Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin. So make sure you check that out. Tyler and I just did our Brew Crew Tuesday on YouTube. Make sure you check that out. Uh, that was posted yesterday as you're listening to this, so make sure you check that out. But today we are going to talk Packers, and more specifically, we are going to talk this upcoming Thursday night football matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Before we get to that, Tyler, how are you doing? I feel like that's a really loaded question as we're recording this on election day. Like you have that going on. You have the Packers not making a move on the trade deadline day. You have all the players coming down with COVID. It's yeah, I know I'm poking the bear right there at you. It it's been a hell of a Tuesday. We're going to leave it at that. (laughs) All right. Well, I knew this was going to come up, so I, I am prepared for this. I am going to say my piece. You guys know I wasn't um, all for trading. I Most of the time when fans think teams are one player away, they're, they're not. Um, they either have the players they need and they're going to win the Super Bowl anyways, or they add a player, they uh, jeopardize the future of the franchise a little bit. Depends on the trade of how much they're jeopardizing that. Um, but then they they don't make it to the Super Bowl or don't win the Super Bowl, most importantly. So let's go into this. First and foremost, we knew. It's the Green Bay Packers. We knew. You knew. Why, why are you mad? You knew they weren't going to make a move. You knew it. Everyone knows it. They're the Green Bay Packers. They don't make trades. So what else were you expecting? Two, um, reports came out that uh, there was – disagreement in the organization at the highest level was the quote um, about 
pulling the trigger on the Will Fuller trade. Now, since then, Matt LaFleur has come out and Rob Domofsky posted something on ESPN about it. And his response was, and I'm quoting here, I have no idea where anything like that would ever come from. We are in constant communication. We are on the same page and there is no truth to that. I promise you that. So it's it's like any professional relationship, right? One guy is saying, I think we should. The other guy says, I think we shouldn't. They talk about it. They figure out the plan and they go from there. It's not a disagreement. It's them talking about what the plan should be. Um, so I just think that was poorly worded. And I don't know if Diana Rossini, that's exactly how it was told to her. So she was just quoting that and saying that. Um, or if she kind of paraphrased or, or what the deal was there. Um, but it, it's a professional relationship. People disagree professionally all the time. You probably get it at work every other day where you're kind of explaining your situation and someone else is explaining theirs and you have to come to a, a decision. Um, that's the same thing that happened today for the Packers. And then let's talk about some recent trade deadline moves, right? So I found an article that was actually posted today uh, before the deadline ended. And it was talking about the 12 best NFL trade deadline moves since 2015. So out of those 12 moves, three of the teams that made a move during that won the Super Bowl. One of them was the Patriots uh, when they got Kyle Van Noy. Did it help them? Definitely. But did it win them the Super Bowl? Would they have won it without him? You know, the Falcons were going to fall apart anyways, probably. So probably. Um, so if you take that is a 25% chance of getting your team to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl worth it to worsen your team in the future. And it's not just the second round pick that the Texans were asking for. And I think that's, that's too much for eight games because there's no guarantee you get Will Fuller beyond that for eight games, a second round pick. Hell no. Ask, ask the new England Patriots how that went with Muhammad Sanu last year. And then it's picking up the 5.6 or whatever million dollars that is left on his contract. And you can't sign better players. Aaron Jones, better player than Will Fuller. David Bakhtiari, better player than Will Fuller. Kevin King, probably not a better player, is on the field about the same amount as Will Fuller because Will Fuller is injury prone as well. But at a more premier position, eh, I'll take Kevin King. Corey Lindsley, better player. So just to me, makes no sense um, to do that. And I think that was probably the discussion that was happening today. Um, and by the way, if this trade would have happened, everyone would have thought of probably the Emmanuel Sanders trade for the 49ers last year. Just so you know, the 49ers were 6-0 before that trade was made. The 49ers were 7-3 after that, in the regular season at least. And if you remember correctly, the 49ers did not win a Super Bowl last year. So to me, this team is good enough to compete yeah, maybe they're not the best team in the league, but it's not always the best team in the league. It's just a team that gets hot at the right time. Um, so to me, they had two bona fide stars out against Minnesota, and then they also had a very solid wide receiver two out. So to me, I think Alan Lazard is the legit number two in this league, and he just hasn't really had a ton of time to prove it. But I fully 
think that that is what Alan Lazard is going going to be. So to me, it didn't make a lot of sense, and that's my reasoning, and I'm glad the trade deadline is over. Tyler, do you have anything about the trade deadline, Packers not making a move, anything like that? Well, after I'm done talking here, there isn't going to be any rumors of us having disagreements <laughs> from higher ups in our organization because <laughs> you took a lot of the words right out of my mouth. I, I find it hilarious that you brought up the Emmanuel Sanders aspect because Kyle Shanahan said today he feels like they would not have reached a Super Bowl without him, which is him, I feel like, just totally poking the bear. He he said that because he knows we're playing the Packers this week. He knows, he listens to rumors that are going on. Um, I mean, I, I Sanders helped him a little bit. I don't, like you said, I don't think he was the sole reason they reached the Super Bowl last year, but it's just hard. Like with NFL trades, I feel like out of like all the other professional sports, it's so much more team oriented. Like just bringing you one guy is it's hard to measure an impact or see it as much and really say, Hey, yeah, he helped us get to the Super Bowl. Whereas like if you trade for someone in the NBA, you only got five players on at once. You can, you can lean on someone a lot more. So I feel like that's why you just don't see trades. And I think it's a really smart move to stay pat because you already touched on Alan Lazard's in a comeback at some point. And that's at this point, you have to view it as basically acquiring someone, AKA a wide receiver. Exactly. I think one of those three that won the Super Bowl was the Eagles. And that was for Jay Ajayi, who's, I think, what, now out of the league? I haven't heard anything of him basically since then. <laughs> um, I haven't heard much of him since that Super Bowl run. So, like, it, it may be just one tiny piece does put you over the edge. But I feel like the player, like, Wolfler is a good player. Don't get me wrong. And he would have helped this team, yes. But I don't think this team without Will Fuller is just incapable of beating good teams. They're they're capable of beating good teams. They beat the Saints. Oh, they didn't have Michael Thomas. Well, we didn't have Devontae Adams. So one-for-one one trade-off there. Uh, we didn't have Kenny Clark in that game either. So to me, this Packers team can beat good football teams. They just have to show up. The two losses they have, they just didn't show up. And speaking of losses, uh, two of their losses last year came against this 49ers team, and they just flat out didn't show up to those games either. So it's it's starting to be a little bit of a trend. Hopefully they, they kind of buck that trend and show up against the 49ers. And let's go to the injury report. Sad to report, there is 106 players on the injury report. <laughs> just kidding. It feels like it. It feels like both teams are just decimated by injury, uh, the 49ers more so than the Packers. But let's go through it as we always do. Of course, Jair Alexander is listed as a full participant on the injury report with hand and knee. Um, and we have an extra player this week, so 20 players as compared to 19 last week. Let's just go right through them. Um, obviously, the news about A.J. Dillon, uh, testing positive for COVID, and now Jamal Williams and Kamal Martin were listed as high risk. Uh, close contacts with him, so they are not going to be out or be able to play. They are going to be out during this game. I think that's because they need two negative tests, but they're not allowed to, allowed to test for a certain time frame or so. I don't really know their 
making sure that if they did get it, that they're testing when the virus would be detectable through the test. Um, so that's the reason why they are not going to be able to play. But let's go through the rest of them. Uh, David Bakhtiari was limited. Chris Barnes, like I mentioned, uh, Chris Barnes is limited. Hunter Bradley, again, limited. Mason Crosby, limited. Tyler Irvin was limited on Monday, full participant on Tuesday. Rashawn Gary, limited. Raven Green, limited. Aaron Jones, limited. Kevin King, back both days, limited. So that's a little bit of progression. He's been DNPs recently. Uh, Tyler Lancaster, limited. Mercedes Lewis did not participate on Monday, limited on Tuesday. John Lovett was limited. Kamal Martin, like I mentioned, uh, he's on the COVID list. Will Redman, Vernon Scott both did not participate. Preston Smith limited, EQ limited. Rick Wagner did not participate on Monday and was limited on Tuesday. Him and Mercedes, I'm guessing, were veteran rest type of stuff. Um, then Jamal Williams, like I mentioned earlier. For the 49ers, now this doesn't include, you know, the – Bosa injury from earlier on in the year and all their players that are on IR because there's a lot of them. Solomon Thomas, there, there's just a lot of players missing here. Richard Sherman, they have just been decimated all year. So they have Quan Alexander listed as limited, but he was actually traded. So the rest of their injury report is did not participate. And for a did not participate list, it's pretty long. Uh, Tevin Coleman Jimmy G, Richie James, uh, George Kittle, Deontay Pettis, Debo Samuel, Jaquasti Tart, and Demetrius Flangen Foles. Um, so quite a list there. We obviously know Jimmy uh, Garoppolo and George Kittle are not going to play. They're out both extended periods of time. And having that many DNPs is probably a little bit concerning more so than it already has been for this 49ers team all year. They, they have just been decimated, as I said. So how do you feel coming out of that injury report, Tyler? I feel like this is a situation similar to like JV football, where you get an announcement that because of injuries, the teams do not have enough players to field a team. So we're just going to postpone it. <laughs> like I'm waiting for that announcement. And then, like, with the COVID positive test, too, I'm actually really surprised that this is still on for Thursday. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, ugh, I am just so sick of all these injuries. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And somehow the Packers, I feel like, are in better shape, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, much better shape than the 49ers. But I think most teams are, even in this crazy season with – Injuries left and right. You got the extra thing to worry about with COVID-19. Just a, kind of a lot of things coming out here. Um, but it it's, def, it's still the NFC Championship rematch, you know, even though this 49ers team does not have the players um, and doesn't have the record we were anticipating, too. A 4-4 four and four team, they're actually 1-3 at home this year. So... Let's get into this game, Tyler, and let's talk about one thing the Packers need to do in order to win this football game. Well, my big thing is I think we have to control the time of possession. I mean, for two reasons. We saw last week, and especially in the first half, 
the I mean that played to the Vikings' favor, where it was really long possessions. Aaron Rodgers stays on the sidelines. Of course, the Packers' defense can't get stops. And in that first half, like I felt like the Vikings felt really good about where they're at because it was a tie ball game. Now you go to the 49ers here. We know they're going to run the ball. It's obviously similar play concepts, play designs that what what, what Lafleur likes to do. So it's going to be ground and pound, play action. They're going to look to control the clock. So we actually need to stop someone and get our offense back out on the field. We cannot get back into a situation where it's just teams alternating touchdowns and chewing up clock because that does not play to the Packers' favor because, as we saw last week, once we fail to score and get a little bit of adversity, we tend to crumble. So let's just not get in that situation. Yeah, you mentioned uh, this 49ers team kind of just probably going to run right at them. Um, I actually saw something today that Nick Mullins is better down the field quarterback this year than Jimmy Garoppolo has been. Um, granted, Jimmy Garoppolo has been injured, and and they mentioned, I believe it's an ankle injury, I be, and he said – He's having a hard time planting and throwing, and that's probably part of the reason why he's struggling to throw down the field. Um, but Nick Mullins is pushing the ball down the field better than Jimmy Garoppolo was in this offense this year. Now, I don't think that means Nick Mullins is a better quarterback. I don't want that um, to be what I'm saying, but definitely something to monitor that they will be able to push the ball better down the field with Nick Mullins, or they they had been better at that this year with him in the lineup. The other thing you mentioned, they're just going to hand the ball off. That's what Kyle Shanahan loves to do. He's very, very, very good at scheming that open, and that that is what concerns me, right? Um, the Minnesota, they, they do a good job of running the football, and Delvin Cook makes it a lot easier for them. Now, the 49ers don't have a running back quite like Dalvin Cook, but they have a coach that's very, very good at his job. And so San Francisco is ranked sixth in rush DVOA. And just for comparison's sake, Minnesota is third overall. So a little bit of a tough stretch for this defense that struggles against the run. So that's going to be my thing. You know, it, it's basically, it ties into your uh, thing that they need to do to win the game, right? It ties in really, really closely, but it, it's just not being terrible. You know, I don't think it was like all time bad for the Packers against Alvin Cook, but it it was bad. It was pretty terrible. Um, and it's something that we can't do. And it's definitely something, you know, week 16 when we play the Titans, that is going to be a little bit concerning that week as well. Um, you know, there's these few teams that run the ball extremely, extremely well that make it a little bit concerning. Tennessee is actually ranked seventh right now in rush DVOA. Um, and then outside of that, you look at some other teams. Rams could meet them in the playoffs. Arizona is fourth in DVOA, uh, could meet them in the playoffs. And San Francisco, Tennessee, Seattle is eighth. Green Bay is actually ranked ninth. Um, Baltimore's ranked second. You know, the, there's these teams that we have potential to meet in the playoffs that run the ball extremely well. So it's definitely a little bit of a concern. I mentioned it on the recap of the, the Vikings game that I wasn't all that concerned. I thought they were playing well in the rush defense. And 
that was just flat out not the case in, in this game. And maybe that was because, you know, they weren't playing teams that were overly great at rushing the, the football. Tampa Bay in New Orleans. New Orleans is 13th. Tampa Bay is 14th. And outside of that, I don't think they faced anyone better at the run, according to DVOA. So that's definitely something to monitor. And also, they were coming off a game against Houston, who's ranked 32nd in the league for rush DVOA. So maybe I was just looking at that game a little bit too much. Um, So do you have anything else, any other little tidbit that you feel like they need to do? Yeah, I think like the you mentioned all the other teams DVOA. I think that's really interesting. Like it doesn't necessarily relate to the 49ers in particular, but all those teams have like different ways that they effectively run the ball. Like the 49ers typically health permitting run, you know, a lot of different running backs out there. The four or the uh, Cardinals, you think they got Murray. He can obviously scramble for a good amount of yards in a game. The Titans, it's just here you go Derrick Henry, go do your thing. <laughs> Um, so I think, you know, the Packers being at ninth, isn't a bad place to be. Uh, would they be higher if Aaron Jones had played the last two games? I don't know. Maybe, maybe probably. Probably. Yeah. So I think it's just like a staple of good football team. You have to be able to run the ball pretty effectively and that's who the Packers are going to be playing here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) I agree with you. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, let's, let's go to our, uh, stat matchup portion this for this week's matchup against the 49ers. Tyler, what do you got in this one? Uh, kind of bouncing off, you know, what I said relating to time of possession, obviously that translates on the defensive side of things too. Like we have to get stops in order to get our offense back out on the field. So a couple interesting stats I found this week, uh, Ben Fennel tweeted, this one out it's the third down defense completion percentage allowed so that doesn't necessarily mean first down percentage this is like throwing the ball percentage complete by the quarterbacks 76 percent the packers are allowing that's second last in the nfl <laughs> so that is a not good which means our blitz pack packages on third down are clearly not working not getting home And then when you combined our inability to tackle, that's just even worse, which brings me to my next stat here. It has the uh, Packers missed tackles by week, and this is all according to Pro Football Focus. Last week, we missed 11, which surprisingly was not the season high. The season high was 12 against the Falcons. (laughs) This Mm. is terrible. And the, the most interesting part I find is they give the Packers an overall tackling grade. So pro football focus usually uses things like 80 is like excellent, really good. Anywhere in the 70s is you're in pretty good shape. And below that, you obviously regress a little bit further. The Packers grade this season, 42.9. That is god awful. Oh, God, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whew. Um, yeah, I, you know, I thought that it was bad this year. I knew it wasn't good. Um, but I, I definitely thought Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes were showing a little something. Um, you know, when Kamal Martin came back, I'm like, okay, maybe it gets a little better. Maybe he's out there a little bit more. It's less noticeable then. Uh, but against Minnesota definitely was not (laughs) nowhere near, uh, cleaned up in terms of their tackling and everything like that. So, 
Yeah, it's definitely a concern and definitely contributes to struggling in your run defense, right? So it's definitely something that needs to be fixed that needs and and it needs to be fixed. But typically at this point, especially in the middle of a season, tackling just isn't magically going to get better, uh, which is which is disappointing and definitely going to be where fans continue to vent on, right? Because I don't anticipate it just magically getting better overnight, unless it's strictly a, you know, energy type thing and players just aren't wrapping up or, or they're just not playing quite as hard. So they're not finishing tackles, whatever it happens to be, maybe, but I highly, highly doubt that. I'm going to go into the DVOA stats we're going to start with the 49ers. They're actually ranked pretty good for DVOA. Um, and being, you know, a 4-4 four and four team that's got half their roster out or at least half their starters out. Um, you know, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel. Um, you know, there's, there's quite the list of players that aren't playing in this one. Tevin Coleman isn't playing in this one. Plus all their players that are on IR. It's just... The list goes on and on. But offensively, they're ranked ninth per DVOA. De- defensively, they're ranked 12th. Special teams is 14th. Overall, they are 12th. And that's quite a difference from last year because I feel like they were a juggernaut last year. They did not need Emmanuel Sanders. They were a juggernaut. They were that good. Um, they were like the Ravens until the Ravens got to the playoffs and just got behind and Lamar Jackson didn't know how to come from behind because they didn't have to do it all year. Uh, so definitely not the same team and, and injuries is a main part of that, right? We've been talking about it this whole podcast. This, this 49ers team is decimated and you want to win this game. You, you really want to win this game, but it also would have been nice to be able to beat a full healthy 49ers team, but that's not what's in front of you. So you got to go out and beat the team that is in front of you. And we'll go to the Packers DVOA stats. The offense somehow went up this week. I don't know if the rest of the offenses in the league just sucked uh, for football outsiders. And that's why they decreased them in DVOA. But uh, offensively, the Packers went up to number two in the league. Offensively, they were fourth. Their pass is fourth in the league. The rush is ninth in the league per DVOA. Defensively, take a drop back down. <clears throat> they went up eight last week. Now they're down seven, so they're back at 29. Overall, their pass is 25th. Rush is 22nd, which dumbfounds me. The pass went down five against the Vikings, and the rush, I think, stayed about the same. Like, that just doesn't seem right at all. Uh, but maybe it's because that rush offense we just faced is very good. So that definitely could have a bit to do with that. And considering it's adjusted for opponent, you know, that, that makes some sense there. Special teams, they're 10th this week. They were 13th. And overall, they move up to 8th. They were 10th. Um, so definitely the Packers did not play well. But per DVOA, you know, it didn't drop insanely amounts and actually offensively special teams and overall they went up uh, per DVOA. So a little bit interesting nugget there for DVOA. Tyler, do you have any other stats or anything else before we get to our score predictions? 
Yeah, the DVOA, I think, might actually somewhat represent like what you see throughout the 49ers, just like games they've played this year. Like their defense 12, so we're just going to call that middle of the pack here. And that it's that kind of like matches. Like they started the year off by not playing a whole lot of good teams, but then they gave up 43 points to the Dolphins. They gave up 37 to the Seahawks, but yet then they held the Rams to 16 points. And I was like, okay, that, that that's just really weird. Obviously, injuries play a big factor in all that. And then their offense kind of goes the same way. Like, they have shown the ability at times to put up 30-plus points, and then some other games, they're just, they're just not there. So um, I think that kind of reflects where the 49ers are at. And when you try and predict what's going to happen this week, that just makes it even harder, <laughs> given the inconsistent play of the, the 49ers, given all the injuries You would think like going into this, if I was going to tell you at the beginning of the year that the 49ers were not going to have, you know, Bosa, Coleman, Garoppolo, Kittle, you'd be like, oh, this is going to be like a get right game for the Packers or something coming up here. But I don't know if I quite fully believe that, like stakes are still going to be high. Everyone remembers the NFC championship game from last year. There's going to be some edge there. I do think the Packers offense will get back on track just because that 49ers defense is so decimated with injuries. So I'm going to go with a 35 to 24 Packers victory this week. 35, 24. I think that sounds pretty close to what's going to happen. You know, I, I think if this is a full, a full on, San Francisco 49ers team, and that is what we're going to have to deal with. That is a little bit concerning. (laughs) Um, And I probably, after that game against the Vikings, I probably picked the Packers to lose. But the situation that we have, and that's all you can do at this point, the situation that we have facing us is an absolutely decimated team that the Packers should win. Now, I thought the Packers should win last week. I predicted a 42-17 to 17 blowout or something like that, and that wasn't anywhere close. Uh, so definitely um, something that makes me feel a little bit better. You know, this was a game that I called at the beginning, beginning of the year a schedule loss, and now it, it's just not because of the um, – what we're seeing from the 49ers and their injury front, right? So I I think it's probably somewhere where you're saying, I'm going to go a little bit closer and say 31 to 27, um, I think is going to be the final with the Packers winning. It's going to be a close game. It's still a short week. Even though the 49ers are decimated, the Packers definitely aren't healthy. So I think it is going to be a close game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. But a close one, a little bit of a nail-biter, but the Packers able to hold on against a decimated team in the San Francisco 49ers. But wait, what about the West Coast curse? (laughs) That was super bad sarcasm. (laughs) Uh, It's a thing. You remember last year? (laughs) Yeah, and and this year we lost got destroyed in Lambeau and got destroyed on the East Coast. So what does that have to do with the West Coast? (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Um, So I do want to mention you brought up their kind of defensive uh, games and and how it can be, 
you know, 16 one week and then giving up 30, 40 plus the next weeks, they do have a pretty big variance. Um, so if you look at it, uh, Football Outsiders, again, does a variance statistic and they are 28th in the league in variance. So if you're 32nd, you're the most variable team in the league of, you know, one week you can give up three, the next week you can give up 48. It's just like there's so much dependent on the team you're playing, the situation, all of those types of things. So they're highly variable. So they could they could come out and play a great game against the Packers and, and give up 17 points. Or they can come out and just give up, you know, 38 and the Packers just kind of walk up and down the field the whole time. So game to game, they are not very consistent. So that'll be something to watch. Um, and, and in case you're wondering, the Packers variance is actually pretty good. They're ranked ninth in the league in variance. So they're kind of what you see is what you get. And that's the 29th ranked defense in the league. So it's hard to be very variable from there. <laughs> Uh, but that's going to do it this week for us. Make sure you guys, again, are checking out our YouTube video. Like I said, morning of the game, I'm going to have a video out about Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin. Make sure you check that out. I was pretty excited about that video. It's very, very nice plays from those two players and, and something that it actually got, gave me a little promise about the interior linebacking position until I saw the Vikings game. But... We'll just gloss over that. Um, so make sure you guys are checking that out. Make sure you're checking out our Brewer content, both on on YouTube, on uh, Twitter as well. Tyler posts a whole bunch of Brewer stuff, whether that be his articles or our podcasts. You know, like I said, our, our Brew Crew Tuesdays that we're doing every week. Make sure you guys are checking all of that stuff out. The best way to do that is follow us at Trilogy underscore pod or on Facebook. We are the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast there. But until next time, go Pack Go. Let's stop the run. <laughs> <laughs>